Stop punishing yourself with bland, chalky protein shakes and fuel your fitness with the best protein in the game at GNC. We've got the hottest brands and flavors that legit taste like cookies, your favorite cereal, indulgent desserts, and more. It's on at GNC. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Six point five percent was it? Is is that what the current odds are of the Stanley Cup? Well, and you, if you look at the round by round progression, the Stanley Cup favorite is uh-huh. the Vancouver Canucks. Like what a time to be alive! I- Talking you through every goalie controversy, scoring slump, and draft lottery bust. This is the C Four Podcast on CanucksHockeyBlog.com. Here they are, the best starting lineup we could afford under the salary cap. Chris, Matt, Anna, and Adam. Welcome to another episode of the C4 Canucks Hockey Podcast, brought to you by the Full Press Coverage Network and CanucksHockeyBlog.com. I am Chris at Lightforce, joining you this Halloween, virtually by Anna Forsythe, Forsythe03. Anna is uh, currently uh, dressed up for the the night. Yeah. Yeah, I'm dressed as um, a girl who went out to brunch today. I mean, I, 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 you know, pull the curtain back a little bit here. This is an early episode because normally you'd be accustomed to them showing up on Tuesdays, but this one's showing up on a Monday. Monday happens to be Halloween. And what does that mean? Well, we're recording on Sunday, which our schedules are all uh, askew, but that that's my fault. Um, yeah, most Halloween baby force and all that. It just, yeah, we, we elected to shift. I thought you were going to do a spooky voice, but. Oh, I, I can't do spooky. Oh. I guess, you know, the start to the Canucks season is scary enough. Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, it's it's like, uh, you know, the, the Scream movie, like the OG Scream, where, like, you think they might be good. And, this is, well, I was listening to a podcast about Scream. Do you know that, like, Wes Craven, I think it was Wes Craven was, like, the director, but I am. They thought it was going to bomb. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Like, it was like, oh, Isn't my it, goodness. It's, gonna it's bomb. really and, low budget, right? Well, that it was well, it wasn't really low budget because oh. of the names that they had involved, not yeah. only actors, but like behind the camera and behind the scenes and that. But it was like the the script wasn't all that good, mm-hmm. or like the initial okay. script, and um, the screenplay got really sort of massaged. But it turned out to be something really, really good. But they were talking about how you know you have this movie which was really trying to like. Um, take this like you know the pretty high school type vibe you know mm-hmm. everyone's you know all this but really try to turn it into a horror genre and that was the part that like you're you're trying to make something it, it's not <laughs> and yet it worked I guess 
it works, right? So anyhow, it's kind of like the Canucks. Uh, they were trying to do something that they're not good at, and look at what they're starting to do now. Uh, win games. Yeah, well, um, the last horror movie I saw was Midsummer, and yeah, I can see a lot of similarities between that movie and Canucks start to the season. I, I don't know when the last time I saw like a horror movie was. Like, I don't. I mean, it's not that I don't avoid them. It's just I. They, it's not like a like a draw. Yeah, like, you know. I agree. I'm not much of a horror movie person. I. Yeah, I'm okay with them, but. Yeah, like, you know, there's there's people who will be like, oh, my God, it's a red balloon floating, and look, there's eyes coming out of the, the drain. And, uh, it's, you know, no, you it's a scary movie. And people are, oh, I'm sure it is. But, like, for me, it's not that I'm avoiding Pennywise. It's just like I could care less. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it doesn't, you know, it, it's, it's, not a, it's not a compelling factor one way or the other. Did you know, fun fact, it is the um, highest grossing horror film of all time. Oh, really? Singular film. And hmm. this is not accounting for inflation, but yeah, hmm. pure numbers. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's what people tune into the show to learn. <laughs> yeah. Fun movie facts. Yeah. But, uh, you know, last week's show is going to be a tough one for you and I to top. Uh, we do not have a phenomenal guest uh, in Aaronville Patty with us this week. Um, it was a great listen. Like I've, I've received some really good feedback yeah, uh, same. Uh, from people and, and that. And again, he, for some reason, missed last week's show. Go back and listen yeah, to it. Pause this uh, we'll one. Bring, go back. We'll wait. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we bring Aaron in pretty darn quick. So, I mean, you don't have to wait for an entire show. Like we could have done that, but we chose not to. So again, it's, it's just a, what a story. Yeah. Um, Amazing. And I'm just waiting for his book to arrive now. Yeah. Excited to read it. But uh, we are going to talk about what the Canucks have been up to since that last episode, uh, such as winning games, making trades, doing things. Uh, and uh, yeah, all that and more. So let's, uh, let's start winding this podcast back up. When we last recorded, we had talked about how the Vancouver Canucks were coming up to the sorry, 10% mark of the season. Uh, they hadn't been looking good. They had had two points out of the, the games that they had played, two of which were loser points. Uh, while we were recording, they were finding a way to lose to the, the Carolina Hurricanes. Yep. And you and I had wondered, the Seattle Kraken, the Pittsburgh Penguins, where are the points going to come from? And well, apparently it was the Seattle Kraken and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, um, turns out. I mean, if they had not won against Seattle, I think that might be, you know, the point at which people would have had a meltdown because it's somewhat arbitrary, eight games. It's somewhat arbitrary. We haven't lost to Seattle yet. Seattle look a little better this year. Um, They've been Colorado, as we said. Um, They've been Buffalo, who looked pretty darn good against Vancouver. Mm-hmm. But I do think that people would have been up in arms about that, you know, especially as Canucks were so close to finding a way to lose against them. Well, yeah. I mean, you, you, how did the game go? Well, the Vancouver Canucks get a, a early-ish goal from uh, Mikheyev, and then they proceed to allow Seattle to get two very late goals. And I mean, when I say very late, uh, having a goal to tie it up at 1839 and then just over a minute later, having former Vancouver Canuck legend, Jared McCann score another, uh, yeah, gave course. you the feels, right? Like, you know, we've, we've seen this, this before. Um, but Hey, if there's one thing, at least we had going for us, this was only the first period. <laughs> and 
And so second period rolls around. Mikheyev scores another early goal, ties it up. Okay, Mikheyev's shown up to play. This is great. And then midway through the period, Kuzmenko scores. Canucks go up by one again. So, oh, okay, this ain't that bad. And, uh, well, you know, you don't want that to happen too early because, you know, they hadn't even, like, I don't know, stopped playing the, you know, cheer you up music when Seattle goes and ties it up. Like, yeah, like it's literally 15 seconds on the score sheet between the two goals. Um, it's funny because my automatic reaction once I score, I'm going to say something about the goal on Twitter, like thoughts and feelings, whatever. I don't think mm-hmm. I was even halfway through like one tweet before I saw the next one. So I was actually, um, I missed the first period. I was watching the second, third period out and about um, with my netball team. I was eyes fixed on the TV, kind of ignoring everyone else on my table, like a rude person. But Hmm. um, yeah, it just felt like, oh, this is that story. I see. Um, Canucks are giving up the lead again. They are. And, you know, it's not a good feeling to see this happen going in a third period tied, especially with how the Vancouver Canucks have been playing. But what positives could we take from this this game so far? Well, the Vancouver Canucks not giving shorthanded goals up. They're actually scoring on the power play. And the power play that's actually scoring is the second unit yeah. power play, which is which is good. Any team that can get production out of the second uh, power play unit uh, is in a good space, you'd think. But... Uh, no, at the start of the third period, the Vancouver Canucks decided they wanted to win now. Uh, Petey comes out, pots an early goal. Connor Garland and uh, gets himself uh, onto the score sheet late, which you think, ah, this game is done. Garland's potted the empty netter. Uh, but uh, <laughs> sure Seattle know. goes and scores one uh, on the power play at, uh, you know, 1930. And, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't worried. I was. I actually saw... It happened in that same bar in South Dunbar where the Canucks gave up that um, goal. Was it against the Sharks last season? Where it was literally in the last second of the game. So I was worried. I thought the Canucks had a pretty dominant third period. But if you think you don't need insurance, you always need insurance. (laughs) Thank God Connor Garland scored the empty net. Well, no, but like the Connor Garland goal was the insurance goal, yes. right? I don't think anyone out there thought it was going to be the game-winning goal, um, which is why even though they scored with, you know, 30 seconds left to go in the game on the power play, I wasn't worried. I just wasn't confident at that point. Um, you know, Demko had started in goal, and I don't know if Demko is just tired, and that could very well be the case, but he's not looking very Demko-like right now. That's the thing. Like... Canucks are very much, and we. I think I've seen many tweets about this, but they're very much in the find out part of the F around find out era, right? Mm-hmm. Fing around, counting on your Vesna caliber goalie, and then it's like, oh, anytime he dips below that, yeah, they're finding out that you can't just consistently depend on goaltending. Yeah. But regardless, they got one more goal than the Seattle Kraken did. And guess what? Not only did they win the game, Bruce has number, was it 600? Yes. I think it was 600. Was it? Yeah. It was just, his thing, all of a sudden, I was like, is it eight? No, I'm no, pretty no, sure it's six. It. 600. So he's finally got that win. I think Bo said, um, oh, is it 400? Oh, no. It's, and Bruce had to correct him and say six. Yeah. So, 
but uh, no, I mean, it, it it felt good that the Vancouver Canucks could win a game. Um, obviously, they made it more interesting, a little bit harder, what have you. But uh, a win's a win's a win, which then had people wondering what the heck's going to happen when the Vancouver Canucks go home to play the Pittsburgh Penguins, who have been in Vancouver. Like this, this is the weird schedule the NHL has is that the Pittsburgh Penguins had arrived in Vancouver before the Vancouver Canucks had actually left to go to play Seattle. Yeah. And then Vancouver has to come home, play Seattle. And I actually, I didn't catch the details, but I had heard, I think it was on the broadcast, they had made slight reference to it. The Vancouver Canucks had issues getting out of Seattle and back into Vancouver or something. Yeah. I wasn't sure either what the story was there, but, um, you would think it's pretty smooth generally usually, but doesn't seem that way. Um, it's funny. You kind of think of the Roxy flu as a thing of the past, but maybe not. Maybe, maybe it worked its magic on the penguins. They certainly look tired. And I don't know if that's just because they're all pretty old. Well, so, you know, you mentioned Roxy flu and I was going to say, do you think a team that old would go to the Roxy? Like, Oh, I've seen some people. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Okay. I'm not. I, let, Sid and Gina. No, 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 no. Let, let me, let me walk this back. I'm not suggesting older people don't go to the Roxy. The handful of times that I've gone to the Roxy, I essentially go once per decade. Um, <laughs> there are people far older than me in the decade that I am visiting there. As a professional hockey team, oh yeah, but they tend—you <laughs> would think—they they should understand what the Roxy can do to you. Yeah, they should, and yeah, it's caught out smarter folks than them. So, um, yeah. I don't know if they went through Roxy. Don't I am? Um, I don't have any information on that. I think they probably didn't, but yes, they did look tired. Um, but the fact that Canucks actually managed to capitalize on that fatigue and have a good game yeah that's yeah. pleasing you know and actually i just want to point out we we failed to mention jt miller at the end of the the game against seattle laying it out yeah i yeah i didn't realize that his new contract was just purely for dentistry but yeah um he put everything on the line for sure um would I prefer him to be more defensively responsible overall and him never doing blocking the shots? Yes, but nonetheless, well, props. It, 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 when I saw him go down and, and do what he needed to do to ensure that that puck did not make it through to the net, that essentially the, the final shot, um, very, very playoff ask. And you could argue that the way the Vancouver Canucks were playing at that point, it was. I mean, yeah, word has now trickled out that uh, management had been down to the players and it explained you as a core have gone through two coaches now. Yeah. Don't think that's where the next change will be. Yeah, exactly. It's not, it's not them. It's you, you know, you're the problem. Mm -hmm. So maybe that, you know, has, you know, lit a fire under players. I mean, like we, we've kind of suggested there is an opportunity to maybe make magic happen in the world of a JT Miller prior to his actual new deal kicking in. Maybe he took that personally. I do not know, but regardless, he goes down, lays it out, blocks a shot. Can could I think he eventually got up with help, but they went to, you know, I don't know whatever the heck it would have been Sportsnet central before, <laughs> before we actually learned if JT had made it back to the, uh, the dressing room. Um, but then, you know, 
back into the the game on uh, on uh, Friday against the the Penguins. Uh, JT did not miss the game. He was there playing. In fact, uh, scored himself a goal at the end of it. Uh, but the Vancouver Canucks came out. They actually played relatively well. The Penguins relatively not. Relatively not. And you know, uh, Spencer Martin, he looked good. I mean, it's not like he was really challenged, but he was doing everything that needed to be asked of him. And uh, the Vancouver Canucks uh, got goals from, you know, throughout their lineup, essentially. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that Demko, he looked very pleased for Spence Martin at the end, but I'm sure there's a tiny part of him that thinks, why can't they play that way in front of me? Mm-hmm. The two games Spence Martin has had, is it two only? Um, or is it three? Uh, I think two. I think he, no, I think it's two. He had, two. Uh, it's just the back-to-backs. Yeah, correct. And he the took on a point from his this. previous. Um, but yeah, the Canucks look better in front of him. Demko should be familiar with that because in the playoffs, the Canucks D looked far better in front of him than they ever did in front of Jacob Markstrom. Um, so yeah, I'm sure that's frustrating in a way, but also it, it kind of shows that not that it can be done. Like I do think this defensive core is still pretty shaky, but you can kind of, there was an effort there that we haven't seen previously, like a team effort, a kind of solid effort, I guess I would want to say. And JT Miller playing on the wing seems to be working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose that that's the case. I mean, who'd have thunk it? I, I get that, you know, I don't understand why there was this desire to have JT as your center. Like I'd have no issue if he's your, you know, like a plan B center, but based on what we have seen from him as a Vancouver Canuck being on the wing, being on PD's wing has been where you've seen some very, very good value. Yes. I, I agree with you, but I also completely understand where Canucks are coming from. Like they want, JT to be a leader at both ends of the ice, and they think that that center <laughs> spot putting him on the like teach him that. Like, I don't understand how the it hasn't, it I hasn't. Mean, no, I agree, but also, like, what's your center depth? And, like, without JT, well, sure. I mean, if, if it was a matter of depth in the middle, at that part, I understand, but like the teaching of leadership, like, you you got to consider if JT is your center on the ice, there's a good chance that your two other very responsible centers are not on the ice mm-hmm. and you've created a situation that is going to require others to pick up slack. I mean, Hey, we've seen that up until really that Seattle game. Like I think up till up to then there has been a knock on JT Miller's effort defensively mm-hmm. in almost every game part of that point. So eh, whatever. I mean, a win's a win's a win. The uh, Vancouver Canucks have two of them and both of them uh, came in uh, regulation, which means they now have a total of six points and find themselves looking very closely at that last playoff spot because it is still early in the season, but it may have been a whole different, uh, you know, situation had the Vancouver Canucks lost both. Uh, there were rumors that Bruce was likely going to get the ax if the Vancouver Canucks lost against Seattle. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think that's was going to happen. You mentioned it previously, but I think management are pretty cautious about that. 
um, booting another coach. But. Well, I, I, if you but it, it wouldn't if you boot that coach, you're not bringing in someone new now. It's it's an interim the rest of the way. Yeah, which like and, we're in October. That's still that's the yeah. dangerous. Anyway, but it yeah, um, but uh, you didn't know. they didn't lose. Bruce, no, Bruce lives two. to fight another day. Although the Vancouver Canucks have announced a huge press conference for Monday. Yeah. It's a good news press conference. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, Bo's new contract would be a good news conference, a good news press conference as well for the team. But, I, no, I don't think they're even close on that. Uh, it, it's um, bad news conferences. You don't announce them, no. first of all. <laughs> it's, it's Friday. Say, hey, all. Friday afternoon. Yeah, well, Friday. Yeah, may- yeah, but like that's the thing is you announced the news yeah. and you may have a press conference last minute. You don't you don't say, Oh, we've got some we got some big news and it's gonna be shake your world up, but it's it's positive. It's it's you know, yeah. It's just how things work. Um one thing you did note in the the rundown, and I, I sort of skipped over it, but you know, to come back, is how the Vancouver Canucks are making good use of having their farm team down the uh down the highway, just down the Transcan there. Um, they have a revolving door of assets being yep. moved in between Vancouver and Abbey to fill in uh, holes in the lineup that are occurring due to many injuries um, to a handful of players who have maintenance days suddenly turn into you're going to the IR yeah. and Brock Besser to uh, someone like Quinn Hughes, who the Vancouver Canucks simply tried to, you know, skate into the ground. Yeah. The fact that, the sort of talk coming out today from Quinn Hughes is that he was actually injured in preseason and just tried to escape through it. Well, yeah. And, but that's, that speaks to the depth, right? Like, yeah. I mean, we have, and how injured must Travis Dermott and Tucker Pullman be? If, I mean, not that they're as important, I, but like Tucker Pullman probably tried to skate through another concussion before he Mm -hmm. was put back on LTIR. Um, with the with headaches, with headaches, yeah. That I mean, I wonder what could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, Travis Dermott went off in practice feeling woozy and hasn't been seen since. Um, so yeah, the, that defense maintenance day, <laughs> maintenance days, plural. I could use a few of those, but um. <laughs> So our listeners can't see this, uh, but uh, the executive producer has shown up on my side of the screen here. Honestly, I didn't know oh. what was happening until Chris waved a tail, and then I realized. Well, so now she's so uh, it's my cat um, Twilight. She is trying to sleep on the keyboard here. So I mean, this is this show could just be over in a moment because the <laughs> yeah, cat we'll decided to like hit a hit a button here. Uh, did the dog mistreat you or has no one fed you yet? I don't know. Um, where were we? Oh yes. Uh, injuries, injuries, um, the fact defensemen. That the Vancouver Canucks, uh, have, uh, <laughs> have a depth issue, but the benefit is that what depth they do have exists in a, uh, rink just down the road when that team's in town. Um, but it, it kind of, I mean, it's both a good and bad thing to see happen. Good in so much that it's possible that this may have been something that could have occurred in the past regime, but the team was in Utica and trying to get a player here yeah. or for the following night and then home and next to impossible. 
Um, it's just, but then like, it's not good because it is happening so frequently and it is a revolving door. Yes. And a lot of the players we're seeing come up and not going to, are not, you know, net, they're not going to be everyday NHL as soon, but they can also do a job, right? You know, yeah. Will Lockwood, pretty good. Sheldon Dries, decent depth players, but yeah, aren't going to be difference makers exactly. Yeah. Um, well, and you know, yeah. a player who didn't get called up, but finally found his way into uh, the game sheet is uh, Jack Rathbone. Yep. Um, <laughs> this giant cat just <laughs> being airlifted across the screen. Sorry, um, Jack Rathbone. Yeah, I mean, you ho- hope his like regular NHL job kind of comes sooner rather than later, but yeah. Anyhow, uh, looking ahead, though, the Vancouver Canucks uh, are taking on the New Jersey Devils. Uh, Quinn's brother's in town. Quinn might be back in time for that game. Uh, And then uh, that's on Tuesday, followed by a game against the Ducks on Thursday. And then the Nashville Predators on Saturday. And uh, uh, nothing real special happening this week. (laughs) No, nothing major. No major milestones. No, nothing. Cultural movements. I mean, you go into the. What are you talking about? The reverse retro is back. Well, there's that. <sighs> what else could he possibly be referring to? Well, you know, Juice retires as a Canuck on uh, the oh, third. Right, that. Yes, I might I mean, swing I, by. Reverse retro, I could care less. No, it looks better than like, the Sprite can jersey, but it's just a it bit does bland. But yeah, no, Juice is. Uh, Signed a one-day contract and will retire as a Canuck on November 3rd. I'm curious. Like, I mean, I know it's just logistics, but wouldn't it be cool if he came out like uh, it was like a, you know, a game time decision and got scratched and had to go up to the podium in full dress? Uh, yeah, I anyhow. would. I, or just a, like take a quick shift, you know, yeah, well, <laughs> 10 second shift. Just one? Just one? Like... I mean, he could probably get some good minutes against the Ducks, but no, he is, uh, he's retiring. And I was actually going to ask, are you going to that, that game? I, I am going to was curious. both the game on the third and the fifth. So two games this week. Okay. Um, I'm very excited to see Juice retire as a Canuck. Um, him and Longo were my favorite players when I first became a fan in 2011. Um, met him, lovely guy, very charismatic very like this is such a great ending for him yeah i think yeah he's just always been really like key to this organization culturally as a player huge personality it's really great to see this happen for him yeah i was out with a friend of the show uh nexus and uh and uh jay uh for for dinner earlier this week and we were sort of chatting about how the Vancouver Canucks miss a, a player like Juice in the room. Um, but I mean, that that era of team was also full of leaders who looked at the Sedins, um, whereas it kind of feels like this room has leaders, but they're not all sort of on the same page. Yeah. Um, I, and don't like, like, could you imagine if the Sedins were to say X and, a, you know, someone were to say, I don't agree. That old roster, there are enough people in the room that would not only tell you to say X, you would have apologized profusely for ever considering that Y was even in the alphabet. Yeah, right. I mean, and I think you're right, but 
I think another way to look at it is the reason Kevin Bieksa got to be this big personality is because the Steens were that strong, quiet leadership, right? Like, and I think Bo's getting there, but he's one, he's only one person (laughs) Um, as much as he's made in their image. And he doesn't have, like, he doesn't even have a contract. He can't have as secure a spot. Well, um, he's going to get paid. I mean, he scored two goals. Like, he's playing pretty darn well. He's on track here. But but when you think about sort of like Bo's lyric, Bo is kind of like what, you know, Hank and Danny were, yeah. but he doesn't have the Luongo, the the BX uh, sort of like, you know, PD might be a leader. JT might be a leader, but scuttlebutt is, is that PD and JT are different style leaders who don't necessarily agree with each other's leadership style. I guess is not shocking, like at all. PD and Quinn... Like, you can see them being, you know, a certain type of, providing a certain type of leadership, but they are very much head down, quiet, get yeah. on with their job. JT just likes yelling and swearing at people, which again which, is another type know, of leadership, has its place. The, di- the divergent uh, styles, though, isn't so much the issue. It's just when you have leaders who aren't on necessarily the same page. Yeah. Right. And... Yeah. Bo's not the type of guy to go and he doesn't seem to be the type of guy to sort that stuff out. But uh, anyhow, different era, different team, different players. Mm-hmm. And uh, Juice is sort of not the final piece of that era, but one of the last pieces of that era we'll probably see this type of ceremony for. Yeah. I mean, like Edler, Tanev, Markstrom, they're still playing, but that, I mean, Tanev and Edler maybe, but not even. Like, it's just... No. Juice is just a different person in, in that ecosystem. Yeah, and he yeah, he was so such a huge part of that culture. I mean, we saw Edler and Tanev like with the last Bastions in twenty eleven team. Um but you know, we had Ken Biazza saying, I will go down with this ship, you know, he was Oh, and he he would have he was, until such time as he was asked, Would you mind going to another ship? Exactly. <laughs> like Yeah. There is a similarly creaky ship over there. Mm-hmm. Would you mind paddling over? So, yeah, I do think it is different for, yeah, comparing those sort of players in terms of the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, Agree. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. He, yeah. As you say, really deserves it. Yeah. Great at his job and I- currently as an analyst as well. So I think that helps. He's still kind of a presence. Just give him, like, I know whatever segment were to come to be, because it's, it's more sort of hot stove stuff, but, like, I would love to see sort of a, a, a Coach's Corner-esque show with, like, Juice and someone. Yeah. I think that, like, giving different perspective or that type of, I think that, like, Elliot and, and him would be good, I think, together. Um mm-hmm. Well, the reason I use with like an Elliot, it's the straight lace. But I mean, if you need it, if you wanted sort of more of the broadcast presence, um, I've got no issue with like a David Amber and Juice. Yeah, David Amber, um, maybe Jennifer Bottrell, uh, 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 like just someone who's yeah. a good presenter because Elliot doesn't say enough. He's straight lace, but he doesn't. No, say and enough. I, I only said Elliot because Elliot is more business. Like it's the business part, whereas like Juice can be your your color, your personality, and having a, you need. I feel like a segment like that which should should have some la, some yeah. approach. Not to force it, but I mean, if there were to, 
ever be a desire to get to that space. I will say I do like that they're trying new things on the national broadcast. Do I love the weird, like, spinny table thing they had last year? No, that was awful. Like, and now they're in, like, weird low chairs at the end. Low ch- Well, they're, like, just kicking back, sitting around the coffee table. It looks so awkward. You know. Just give them some cigars and uh, whiskey. Yeah, exactly. I, But I like that they're trying new stuff. I just feel like it's way too focused on bizarre, like, aesthetics than actual change. So yeah. hopefully we'll get to see some new kind of figurations, new um, ideas down the road. Yeah, agreed. Hi, Neil. We're going to take ourselves a short break. You're listening to the C4 Canucks Hockey Podcast brought to you by the Full Press Coverage Network and CanucksHockeyBlog.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Take hitting out of the game. You can't hit anymore, so don't do it. The unsportsmanlike conduct, I want to get an explanation on. No kidding. Because how do you get suspended for unsportsmanlike conduct? Plus interference. There's no interference there. He had the puck. Now, Madison never, ever did that before. Now, why did he do it? That Because he was mad. Well, your early favorite for the Calder <laughs> Trophy, that's for sure. Elias Pettersson, you might even say your early favorite for the Hart Trophy. Just to get back to your question, Elias is going to play plenty. He can play. He's going to get a lot of power play time. And, yeah, I'm concerned about our offense. We lost 200-point players, and we've got to find a way to score. Whether it's Trader Jim or Trader Pat, trades took place. We didn't really talk to them. We alluded to them in Rewind. But the Vancouver Canucks not uh, only made one trade, they made two this week. One trade was like a, uh, uh, and the other trade was, okay, not <laughs> bad. Like, I like your sound effects. This would be a new thing. Chris makes, yeah, just, like, you have like two seconds to make a sound in reaction to like a trade or a game or whatever. Yeah. I mean, sound, you know, the sound effect segment, but, you know, talking about the, the first trade that took place, this, uh, was early in the week and had more to do with finding, I think, a, a sizable presence that could be inserted in the lineup that would provide some defensive responsibility that uh, might be missing uh, from a one JT Miller and also provide the flexibility to move a player like Miller to the wing. The Vancouver Canucks acquired uh, Stadnika from the Chicago Black. From are really excited that they were able to find someone to take him. And uh, the Vancouver Canucks gave up uh, uh, Mikey DiPietro, which honestly, I'm not upset about. Like, m- unfortunately, uh, Mikey D, 
you sort of fell out. Wait, did you say, did I say Bo- Chicago, Chicago or Boston? He went to Boston? He went to Boston. I said Chicago. Sorry. Oh. Was it Boston? Yeah. Uh, That's all okay. right. That was the other trade. Th- Bear was Chicago? That was the Stillman trade. Stillman Chicago? Yeah, well, no, I'm so Carolina, confused. Anyhow, which, the point but, is, but the I, um, yeah. I know when this Mikey D fell Mikey. out of favor, yeah. people who there were some were like, oh, that's not good value for Mikey yeah. DiPietro. The Vancouver Canucks ensured there was no value to be had for Mikey DiPietro. Like, that's that's on the team. Yeah. The Canucks' depth um, goaltending has been... Partly it's been managed poorly and partly there's just been terrible circumstance with COVID and with having to share a farm team with the St. Louis Blues. Like, it wasn't good. Um, So, yeah, Mikey didn't play anywhere near as much as he should have. He hasn't developed properly. Um, He needed a new spot. He needed a fresh start. Didn't love giving up. Jonathan Myerberg well, along I, with him just for the privilege of requ- acquiring well, a depth this, So this is the part that, that sort of befuddles me. The Vancouver Canucks have talked about a lack of defensive depth. And Myerberg is considered to be a pretty solid prospect. Now, yes, the Vancouver Canucks have a lot of prospects that have not panned out on the blue line. But Myerberg collectively was a player that if you were into the m- fancy stats, he said – it's a good good opportunity here if you were into the uh, see it with my eyes uh, group. Myronberg was a player that you thought good things about. So he alone should be enough for a Studnika, no? Or was it the Vancouver Canucks needed to free up? Like this is, I don't know the contract side of things, but was it a need to take Mikey D off the payroll or off the books from a contract perspective? that you see Boston doing a favor because before I say peace be with you, Mikey D Boston has loaned them back to Abbotsford to be a backup goaltender for the Abbey Canucks. Yeah. That's the thing. (laughs) Like he's, you know, he's not an NHL starter, like not close. So I was kind of excited for him to get a new opportunity because I think he's a classy person. Um, he seems way mature for his age. The fact that he was pushed into an NHL starter mm-hmm. spot a few years ago, I don't know if that has to do with it. But like, I think he's, even when it was clear that he was a spare part, he's always been conducting himself with complete, you know, professional, um, in a completely professional manner. So... You're just thinking, okay, new opportunity for Mikey, and yeah, yeah I guess he has but, to start um, As it stands, uh, Mikey is <laughs> going to be, I mean, at some point in time, kid's going to have to play some, somewhere, um, whether it's an Abbotsford as a backup goaltender on loan from Boston or, or within the Boston organization. But, um, I mean, Stanika is a depth forward for the Vancouver Canucks, ain't the worst. It's just, I'm not entirely keen on the price that they gave up to acquire him. This happened Thursday. Yeah. News comes out. I think it was just before the, the puck dropped uh, in Seattle. If I remember, serves me correct. Cause it was a late start to seven 30, but 
Uh, regardless, the Vancouver right. Canucks uh, weren't done there. They made another deal on Friday, uh, acquiring Ethan Bear. Now, some backstory here. This rumor has been ongoing for a couple weeks now. And uh, the scuttlebutt uh, around the scene was that uh, if uh, Ethan Bear did not find a team to go to via trade, that uh, Carolina was probably going to place him on the waiver wire, which, interesting enough to note, do you know who the team would be to have the first claim on the wire? The Vancouver Canucks. Now, there's no guarantee that a team will place a player on the waivers or will do so at a time that's most opportune for you to then put in said claim. So I'm not upset that the Vancouver Canucks found a way to acquire a player that they ultimately would have probably put a claim in on anyway. But what I really like about sort of this deal is that one, they got some of the contract eaten. So if he had been put on waivers, that contract is coming completely mm-hmm. right so there's Trails, a little bit of yeah. a, a sweetener and the vancouver canucks also got a prospect in lane peterson which uh, might be a throw-in for the price of just a fifth round pick and that type of pick i'm not too concerned about i am a little concerned that the vancouver canucks are still in the business trading picks when they don't have lots in the earlier rounds but hey if ethan bear cost you a fifth it's round a fifth and round, you got a throw-in with some eaten contract and a you know, piece of fodder for Abby. Not a bad deal. Yeah. And I'll use this moment to talk about the Abbotsford Canuck. I watched the game last night. Lane Pedersen was one of the best players on the ice. And that's not a huge compliment, but him and William Lockwood. That's, that's a real setup. He was phenomenal on the, on the ice. I just need to say something. But that's not a good thing because the team, the rest of the team, not so good. Like, <laughs> Yeah, honestly, it was, it seemed to be William Lockwood and Lane Pedersen waging a two-man war against the mediocrity of their team. And ultimately, they lost because the Abbey Canucks lost in overtime. But yeah, they're not playing inspiringly well down in the Fraser Valley. Um, So let's hope that improves a bit. and we don't have a like father like son kind of moment where they just mm. keep giving up leads, but we'll see. But yeah, that is to say that Lane Pedersen, not a bad prospect. Um, good AHL player slash NHL player. The um, addition though of Bear gives you some def- depth on the blue line. Bear had found himself out of the lineup uh, in 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 Carolina, like he was. He needed a new scene. Um, I think his agent had said that, you know, if he's, he just wanted to play, put him on waivers to get him to the minors just so he could play. Um, I am a fan of players who want to play and will play wherever they want to go or or are told to go in this particular case. Um, And I think, you know, one of the things that we saw under the previous regime wasn't trades where it's like, uh, Eh, let's see. Let's let's do something reasonable and see if we can reinvigorate, you know, said player. Uh, it works out sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't. Like I mean, one of the most jarring examples of this type of trade was when the Vancouver Canucks got themselves Marcus Nasland. Like, you know, yeah, I'm not suggesting right. that you know Bear is is that, but 
But the prices, okay, the, good. the prices to <laughs> which they paid the to get bare, that's the price you're willing to pay for the projects. Right. Um, you know, old regime, this last one, that's not what they did. The old regime would have been, let's get the project because projects are going to work out. Yes, yeah, true. It's true. You're right. Um, like we've said before, we don't mind Jags. You just got to pay them Jag money. Um, and we don't mind projects. You just don't want to give up a huge amount to get those. I think Ethan Beck could be a good player. I think he obviously didn't do great in Carolina, but that, yeah, I don't think he fit in there. And that's kind of fair enough. Um, I think he's a great um example and a good voice in terms of diversity like he speaks mm -hmm. up a lot about indigenous issues um he's very vocal about that so that's another positive yeah. thing it... and like props to vancouver for making that part of their announcement of, i okay i actually had well, i had so. not seen that they had actually included that in the announcement so so yeah they I don't know the word. I can't remember the word, but yeah, it's, they use the um, Cree for welcome, oh. which. And for those know. who are curious, you know, well, he's in the last year of his deal. He is an RFA. He does have our arbitration rights available to him. But if things do pan out, the Vancouver Canucks have a right-handed defenseman who they've got some contract power over. And if things don't work out, you know, it's not like this is, an OEL deal, <laughs> uh, you know, or the, yeah, right. Like the end know, of time. it's funny. Cap friendly has now reached the point where you can see the end of the OEL deal. Um, yeah. At right? least like it's, it's only, on the screen now. Know, well, four seasons after this away. Um, but then, you know, as you go down, there is a deal there yeah. that then goes on forever, um, kicking in the start of next year. So yeah, fun that. Anywho, um, Vancouver Canucks, they're on the road after the three-game homestand. I think we'll have a pretty good indication um, if this team is done or if this team is going to go and give us fits all season based on the three games at home. Um, those three games at home with the Vancouver Canucks make them look competitive. If they get more points than they uh, leave behind – that's the team that's going to give us fits all season long. If they uh, don't look so hot and then head out on the road, Ottawa's been playing well. Montreal's been playing well. The Toronto Maple Leafs or the Toronto Maple Leafs, they got to go and face the Boston Bruins, the uh, Buffalo Sabres before they come home to a, a team like LA who's been having some issues themselves. But, you know. Hey, LA beat the Leafs the True. Weekend, so, so, you know, for anyone here that complains about, you know, when the Leafs are in town and the fact that uh, we have these early starts in Vancouver, they had a 4 p.m. puck drop down in L.A. Yeah, it's like, yeah, so you know, it's not just I get it's a little bit different in the United States because like weekend sports is often not evening, it's afternoon. But hockey at 4 p.m. is competing against college ball um, on the weekend. It's if this was a Sunday, I would be less alarmed, but it's a Saturday night yeah, and I've, I've not experienced it, you mm -hmm. know, you know, large enough sample size, but traffic in LA is usually not conducive to anything happening in the afternoon. So. Right. 
Yes, there is a reason they call the LA MLS dub. Yeah. Derby the, El um, and Well, at least that stadium isn't like smack dab downtown. So where is the the rink is? What is the name of the rink in LA now? Is it still the Staples Center? Or? No. I th- no, I no, thought it, it was still it the Staples Center. Because so uh, it's, it's crypto or oh, something. Oh, no, now. wait. Isn't it? It's not. No, yeah. Yeah, crypto.com arena. That's what it is now. Because I remember there was the big, big dealio. Jesus. Time. I hope they paid their money up front and it's not <laughs> in crypto. If it is, I mean. Otherwise, they might be facing an well, Arizona situation. Did you see any of yeah, the stuff okay. from First of all, Arizona I was, sh- so I was showing uh, Nexus and Jay the pictures of the uh, temporary visitor's uh, dressing room. That was pretty cool. Um, I liked how they were showing all the fans that were in the, in the stadium and, and someone comments, Oh, that's pretty cool that you got everyone in one picture. Um, but I, I, I feel bad because I genuinely think there is a fan base in, well, Phoenix, let's just say Arizona, but Phoenix, the problem is they have not been given an opportunity to capitalize because they've had poor ownership groups and then the buildings they've been in, mm-hmm. including, you know, whatever the heck this one in the university is called. Cause I have no clue. Okay. Mullet. Mullet arena. Like as in. Party. Yes. That was why oh, they were. Okay. I did not know that. That makes mullet. a whole lot more sense. I'm like, when, when did the, you know, business in the front party in the back become the thing in Arizona? Mullet arena. Is that, uh, this is obviously named after someone, not. Yeah. Hair. Hmm. It must be, but good, good for those fans. I so obviously, I think I get it from the there's diehard fans there that do not appreciate being made fun of. Um, I do think it's a good idea if you are in the situation that you're in to fill up the student section like they're doing. And do things like handing out mullets to fans. That's fun. But, like, they're still charging a buttload for the regular tickets. The concessions are still hockey concession prices. Like, very expensive. So, (laughs) it's just kind of like, well, I don't know. To me, I'm just like, well, I don't necessarily know if I feel that. Well, no, like... I have no issue with the fans, those who've supported this team. Like, I think there is a good following. The problem is there, I mean, it completely different situations, different scenarios, but like when the Vancouver Grizzlies were here, you know, people would take shots at Vancouver fans. The, the team that was continually being presented to the fans was a hot mess. Um, management would bring in players who would outwardly say, I do not want to play in Vancouver. I want nothing to do with Canada. Um, And if there's one thing I know about a Vancouver sports fan, the quickest way to get a reaction is to say how much you dislike the city, its fans, or in the greater sense, the province or country. And it's not like you'll necessarily get food. When you play for the home team, the fans will say, well, I don't need to watch you. I can do 400 million different other things. You want to call that a fair weather fan? 
fine. Mm -hmm. So be it. But that's, that's how sports fans here work. And, you know, when I think as to what's going on down in, in Arizona, I couldn't imagine what it would be like if it was up here in Vancouver. Like if, if the situation was the same here in Vancouver, I don't think they'd have been able to fill up the Thunderbird arena. Mm -hmm. Actually, just a, how many seats does the Thunderbird yeah. arena and have out at UBC? I don't know. It's kind of, it's bigger than you think though. Like I've seen a concert there and it seemed to me, so obviously, yeah, so it's a, this is just 5,054. So the Doug Mitchell Thunderbird Sports Center is 5,054, um, which, yeah, I think is, is bigger. I was thinking like a, a, a couple thousand. So 5,000 is pretty big. What's the uh, mullet arena? Um, 5,000, right? Or 3,000. 5,000. I don't know. Apparently the Abbott so Food Center Mullet is Arena 7, is 5,000. So uh, Thunderbird has 54 more seats. And I, honest okay. to goodness. Yeah. I mean, the Abbott Food Arena has yeah, 2,000 more seats. If what's going apparently. on in Arizona was happening here in Vancouver, I genuinely don't believe they could go and fill that arena. Vancouver fans would just be like, screw this. I'll go elsewhere. Got lots of other things to do. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you could get away with what's happening well, no. here with the Canadian team, though. Like, we've had bad ownership and we've had bad management in Vancouver, like heaven knows, but yeah. Speaking of bad it ownership, bad happen. management, try being a fan um, of the BC Lions for, for a few years. There's some, some characters through there. Oh, the, the BC lines are, the but like when we're, this is not more recent times, but in old times, like they've had, like the Canadian football league has had okay. some really interesting, uh, people own teams and run teams. Uh, and BC unfortunately has, uh, not been a, a mean to that. Um, like stockbrokers who, um, just run out of money. Um, others that apparently make promises, uh, uh, for teams that, uh, they can't um, or pay for uh, players to fly to an away game, but uh, decide that they're not going to pay for the return flight home, stuff like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyhow. Well, yeah, that sounds like a great way to run a team. So, but I mean, you still had, um, I mean, they did also have well, okay, two I mean, teams for the same The history game. there though, isn't that the league went and allowed it. It was, you had two teams with a lot of history and that name playing in different leagues that became amalgamated. And instead of saying you change or you change, they allowed them to both exist because the, the actual team name, while it was the rough riders, one was rough riders. The other one was rough riders as a stone word. But again, it, it's rough riders. Sure. Could you, I mean, I, I'm trying to think of a, a, a a similar situation happening, let's say in like, uh, in through the FA, um, uh, right. Like if you had two teams with a same name with lots of history and suddenly they're both in the EPL, right. I mean, it's loose, much more loose. Cause you're like, well, Chris, there's a lot of football clubs there. They're all a football club, football club. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just that there are 92. No, I, I know. Teams. I get that. But, like, but you could, I mean, league. yeah, it's numerically a lot different. But you can appreciate yeah, that. Sorry. Which team has to give up their history? 
and be forced into the change. I mean, here it was Ottawa, but that's because yeah. the original Ottawa I know, team it's folded. Just funny. And then the new one that came back tried to use that name only to find out that uh, the previous owner who had folded the team kept the name and wouldn't give it up without paying bank. The new owners didn't. So then they had a different name. That name didn't work out. And then they rebranded to red and black, or as I like to call them, the uh, Ottawa Rod Blacks. They should just throw Rod Black on the on the helmet and call it a logo. Sure. I don't know. I would have just preferred, like, the Washington football team. Like, why couldn't they have kept that name? It was such a good name. Yeah. It's just like, oh, we had such a problematic name before. Let's pick a name that no one's going to have an issue with. Yay, military. It's the... It's North American sports, right? I'm genuinely surprised that you see the, you know, like something like the MLS, their fan base, except the use of, you know, football club, like FC as a, as a team name, but also look at the most of the teams. It's not Vancouver FC, it's Vancouver Whitecaps FC. Um, so there is a blend. But it, it as newer teams have come on, Honestly, we now have like LA so, not to be confused with the LA Galaxy, who are also an FC in LA. Yeah. Yeah, and there's, you know, DC United, right? Um there's Miami. Isn't there like a Real like, team or something? Which um Real Salt Lake, yeah. That's yeah, but do you know like the Real Salt Lake wasn't like a team in Salt Lake saying we just wanna call ourselves real salt lake right it's because that they're i think uh partially owned by the ownership group of real madrid right i mean and city own miami yeah like there's there's a lot yeah and there's there's a lot of that that synergy but um i mean if you if you go back though into like the early days of the of major league soccer and some of the team names uh, it's some fun times. Like you have the Metro Stars, the Mutiny. Uh, uh, Mutiny is a good name. That's a really good name. I love a singular okay, team how, name, which is why I'm a big fan of. Like I'm the glad Kansas that Seattle went with Kraken because. Now how's spelling Wiz? Yes, okay, but not like not wizard, wizard. Wiz. like the Wiz, like the ori- original MLS teams. Like okay, to me, like I'm you had like thinking, the New England Revolution, which still sort of exists today. I mean, it's right? Lame, uh, but I get it. Columbus Crew is still a team. Um, DC United still a team. Uh, NYNJ, so New York, New Jersey, so NY slash NJ Metro Stars, the Tampa Bay Mutiny, I the like Colorado Rapids, which still exist. Like the Dallas Burn, they're no longer the Dallas Burn. Uh, the Kansas City Wiz. That's um, a crazy name. Angeles I love that. Gla- Galaxy, which still exists. And then the uh, San Jose Clash. Okay, I don't mean to be crude, but both the Kansas City Wiz and Dallas Burn could be like. Both well, no, but that's like the thing. Like, no, no one thought that that would be an issue. Could you, like, I the moment I see that name... I could totally see like if that team existed today coming to any other barn and immediately 
fans mm-hmm. correlating it. Like it would have been the first thing in my, you know, 13 year old brain. Yeah, of course. Yeah, We're so happens. far off the rails. It's okay. That's why people continue to tune in or uh, why they tune out. I do not know. Anyway, do we have anything else? Eh, no, they play to say a few games. Stuff's happening. Uh, Stay tuned. They play a few games. I'm going, so please win. Win it for Juice. Win it for, Juice, win it for Anna. Know. Win it for Bruce. I like how when the Vancouver Canucks are up, you know, is it 4-1 mm-hmm. or whatever against the Pittsburgh Penguins, um, fans are chanting Bruce, there it is. It was all Bruce. I mean, I, I don't have an issue with yeah. Bruce, there it is, chant. Does it bother me? <laughs> it just seems odd that when the team is... The team has gotten Bob off this sort of the slide and finally has a game where they're breaking it open and Bruce, there it is, is the, the chant. It's, yeah, anyhow. I don't know. I feel like hockey crowds aren't that complicated. They don't like having more than mm. one thing to focus on. So there's go, Canucks go, and Bruce, there it is. Yeah. That's all they're capable of, unless yeah. the Lars Actually, in the building. Um, I understand that the Lars might uh, have a few games this season. Again. Yes. So the mm-hmm. first one being on Saturday. So, so. that's the second um, there game was a, I'm going to. So, yeah, there was a comment um, in Reddit that uh, the Larsha, so people need to get the Larshiders behind the sell the team chance. This was during the dark times of the road trip. And not one person in Canucks mm-hmm. Reddit replied to that to, to suggest, like, you do realize that the Larshiders as a group are against that that type of chant here, there, and everywhere. It's not something that would occur. Yeah, I mean, also, I'm not entirely sure that mm. we had our tickets by then. So, yeah, it's an yeah. interesting relationship with the team. Oh, I'm sure, I'll I'm, put it I'm that certain way. it will be forevermore. Um, Until such time as mm-hmm. no one goes to games. But yes, I don't see that. But anywho, um, here we are at the end of a show. It is a day early. Happy Halloween. Hopefully anyone who went out and got candy, got candy. Anyone who gave out candy, gave it all away. And those of you who uh, didn't do the candy, that's A-OK too. Um, I'm a little concerned as to how the fireworks will be for uh, for Puppy Force, for uh, Sky. But uh, I'll have to report back uh, next show too. Mm-hmm. So what uh, final words of wisdom do you have for everyone there? Yes. Huh? Um, hoping for a less scary week, um, on the Canucks front, um, hoping some of our undead players, resurrected, you know, brought not instead of being brought back to life, like full on resurrection. Yeah. Resurrection. Yeah. I like that word. Let's go with that. Cool. Um, yeah. Uh, speaking of resurrection, I'd really like to resurrect uh, the use of listener voicemail in episodes. Um, the easiest way to drop us a message Good. is to use your computer or your mobile device and go to speakpipe.com slash C4 podcast. You can record something, let us know your thoughts. Um, and if you do, we will play that question or comment in an upcoming episode. I check each and every week just to see if there is anything. And each and every week I am disappointed to say, I see you have no voice messages yet. But Anna. 
Where else can people uh, get involved in the conversation? Um, Well, a fun Mm -hmm. way to get involved is Discord. Um, We have game day channels to, you know, worry about Canucks giving up another lead. Um, We have Gate 16 where our main hockey conversation goes on. We have Off Topic. We have Nom Nom where people post their dinners sometimes. And very occasionally we have people in Allow Gaming um, which is where people tend to organize some game meetups, etc. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Discord's the place to be. Um, it's discord.io. Bingo, bingo. And obviously podcast. social media channels were at the C4 podcast pretty much every which way to Sunday, including today, which is Sunday. But on behalf of Anna, a 4 3 myself, Chris at Lightforce, I'm signing this episode of the C4 Canucks Hockey Podcast, brought to you by the Full Press Coverage Network and CanucksHockeyBlog.com, off with... We out.